Hello, hello. It's another case of mixtape and identity, and my guest this week is John Harris. Yes, thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 57 of Mixtape and Identity with John Harris. John is a podcast producer and also co-host of the excellent podcast Dream Factory. Uh, he does that with uh, Joel Grove, who was on the show back in episode 33. So if you're here because you're a fan of Dream Factory, then listen to this. Then go back and listen to episode 33 with Joel Grove. Um, yeah, had a really good time with, with John's list. Uh, some brand new songs for me. And some old favourites, some of these songs that I am absolutely in love with, uh, including the, the cover that he picked, which has already been on the show before, but is my favourite choice for that category by far, so yeah, bonus points for that. Uh, if this is your first time listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, then the playlist that we're going to talk through is available on Spotify, it's in the description of the podcast. You can also find it on Spotify by searching for Mixtape and Identity, all one word, and you can find my Spotify profile there. Um, so yeah, all the songs are there. Um... Also, give us a follow on Instagram. That's the best place to get any kind of updates. So, to get updates on new guests, new playlists, new episodes, all that good stuff, uh, at Mixtape and Identity on Instagram is the place for all that. Had a really good time recording with John. He's a, a lovely bloke and very funny. So, this is an awful lot of fun to record. And um, one thing is that there's a little bit of a messy edit after I think it's song two. We had to record this across two nights because John's voice gave out uh, and he very kindly agreed to come back the, the next evening and uh, finish the recording. So, so yeah, if you hear that, that's why. Uh, otherwise, not much more to say. We'll jump in. This is episode 59 of Mixed Identity with John Harris. How often do you actually listen to music at the moment, John? So, I less than I would like to. I um okay. I have you know we we are making a podcast here um I yeah. make another podcast uh a you know my my career is in podcasting um sure so I have sort of dual loves and I I find it very hard to sort of um dedicate my time to both sort of things but um I try I really try like I really try and make a conscious effort I think when you're like a younger like a teenager it's really like sort of easy to sort of get into music and consume loads and you sort of like a sponge whereas i think now it's a real sort of concerted effort particularly to listen to new stuff which i i really do try and sort of make an effort and time for um so yeah that's a really wishy-washy way of saying a bit but i, I really love music yeah. like it's 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 in, like super important to me and like i, I yeah. always find it my granddad he was he always said he was never fussed about music and i just always found that completely baffling as just a com- <laughs> it's like saying i'm not into i don't know food or, or stuff which obviously there are people who say that yeah. but it just seems so sort of important to like being content as a human being to like i just i sort of it's like you know it's like not having an entire part of my person would be being like yeah i don't really care about music yeah yeah I don't, I don't, I don't trust those people. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, it's, it's odd. Oh, oh my grand, oh, my grand, he would also, he would always be whistling, and I thought, well, look, you're cl- there's clearly music. There's, there's, <laughs> you, you, there's some sort of appreciation of melody here going on. Yeah, you can imagine just running his eyes like any time we whistle, going, "Aha, I knew it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's music, Grander. That's music. Um. So yeah, I love. I do. Yeah, really, really, sort of into love, love music. Um. I used to, okay. I, you know, 
I used to try, I used to make music as a teenager. Like I try and listen to it now. It's, it's really important to me, but I'm obsessed with podcasts. So you can't really do right. both at the same time. Sure. Sure. I've kind of gone the other way. Like I, I, I rarely listen to podcasts now because like this consumes everything in terms of my like more passive listening is all playlists. It's all music. It's all trying to focus on this. So yeah, I think I'm on the opposite side of the coin there. You mentioned finding new music. So is that, you say you try to, so is that like an activity for you then? If that's something you're going to try and seek out? Yeah, definitely. And obviously like um, the sort of the big green monster that is Spotify has made that easier and is sort of a double-edged sword. Um, You know, there's no sort of, well, I'm sure we'll come onto it later because some of my answers sort of cover this. But there's no... Mm. Like as a teenager, it was all about going to going to HMV, but it was also like one of the things I remember was like when I was about maybe 10, I was lucky enough that my parents got Sky TV and I really felt like we had made it into the big leagues when we got Sky. And I would go, right. I would get home from school. I wouldn't even get out of my uniform and I'd just sit in front of the telly watching, mu- flicking through music channels for hours. Sure. And that was how I found like, you know, new music. I'd sort of alternate between Kerrang and MTV2 scars and then some of the more sort of poppy channels as well but those were like the three big ones you know watching certain Mm. you know there are songs from that era that i just know so well and it was just because you know i just was and um i'm sorry i'm I'm going off into a hundred tangents here already shane but um go for it the i i really worry it one i don't worry because i sound a million years old but a lot of a lot of like my sort of love of music and stuff came out of like a fundamental boredom as a teenager. Like there was nothing else to right. do but to flick between those music channels. There was nothing else to do but yeah. you spent ten pounds on that album. You were gonna listen to it until it made sense. Whereas now with yes. like Spotify and stuff, like it's so easy to sort of say, Well, I tried it, I listened to that album once, it wasn't for me. And there are loads mm-hmm. of albums where songs that come in this list I definitely and you know the the your second question is a song that you know took you a while to get I'm not sure yes I would give myself that time anymore because it's so easy mm-hmm. just to be oh well, let's just you know skip what's the what's the next track um and I've already yeah. forgotten your question here but um I've gone off on about four <laughs> rants there so yeah um well it was about it was about finding new music so yeah yeah, yeah you circled back to it um so it's all good um but yeah like I've I've that is kind of a, a theme of the show. It's something that, that that comes up quite a lot. But I think, yeah, attention span is like is a is a really really big thing that I I think about a lot as well because a lot of people find new music through like TikTok, mm. for example, now, which is like it's tailor made for people with short attention spans. It's like it's supposed to be twenty to thirty seconds of music that's going to grab you and hold your attention for that amount of time. And then after that, who who cares? So yeah, I, I do think it's it's trickier now. I think, and and for for me now as well, it's just a it's a time thing. You know, you mentioned that you don't really have time to listen to the music that much. So, are, like, do you really want to dedicate that time to something that you're not really enjoying, but you might yeah. like after dedicating twenty to thirty minutes to it? For sure, it's it's yeah, it's it's a trade off. But I do think my music taste wouldn't be the music taste that it is today if there wasn't periods of time where I was trying to understand why music that other people told me was good is good, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, then yeah, suddenly no, you're like, 
oh okay this makes sense and then suddenly another band where you yeah you you weren't really interested in suddenly that band actually makes sense because you got it and so yeah yeah and the, the interesting thing i think so there's this there's this clip that goes around online of um someone was like recording an audiobook i believe and they started looping a phrase over and over again and they went to like make a cup of tea and it was playing over and over again and what happened was upon hearing this sort of this phrase being spoken over and over again it started to sound like it had melody and 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 if you listen to it you'll hear this melody and then what they'll do is and then you take it take it out of the context of it being in a loop and they play the whole sentence and none of it sounds melodious apart from that bit that you've heard on the loop which suddenly has this which is the melody that it had right and i sort of think that's what happens with those tiktok things so like the other day i heard that lady gaga song that they kept um putting the wednesday dance so from the netflix show wednesday they put a lady gaga song on it it's i dance 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 with my hands and i heard the rest of the song which i'd never heard before and it sort of sounded like nothing to me and then suddenly that bit happened i was like oh like like the part of my brain suddenly (laughs) flicked switched on again and i i sort of think that's it i i don't think hey look again i feel like twice i've already been old man yells at cloud but i I, i'm not (laughs) sure it's beneficial to music for it to be consumed in that way fundamentally but you know i'm i'm sure i'm wrong i well yeah i mean we we can both be all men yelling at the clouds together because <laughs> I, I i agree it's actually one of the things that I, I i enjoy the most about doing this show is that because my preparation is listening to these playlists six seven times to get used to the songs there will be songs that on certain playlists that i won't enjoy the first time but will come around to by the by by the time the show comes around and if it wasn't for doing this show like that part of me it was long gone before i started doing this like i i was only listening to the stuff i listened to in like 2017 Mm. and that was like i had found my taste in music and that was it and i wasn't going to deviate from it um so yeah no i'm I, i i agree with you i think it's um yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. Um, but like in terms of your playlist, then, so you mentioned briefly before the record, you had a an interesting time putting it together. How did how did you find it? I found it incredible. So I initially found it very stressful, and there is, and I know that ev- like almost everyone says this. Like, if you asked me again today, this wouldn't be my list. And actually, I I'm I'm sort of questioning my first choice, which is a bad place. To okay. Start. Um. <laughs> okay. But it, it's um. It's it's something where like i i stressed i i wrote it incredibly quickly and then i said to myself mm-hmm. what i'm going to do is i'm going to come back in a couple of days and tweak it and then i came back in a couple of days and decided i'm not going to tweak it because i feel like there's something <laughs> purer in that sort of mad dash of being like and i there was definitely yeah. even like i so um i do a, a podcast with a previous guest called Joel so i lis- i was listening to his episode for reference and i for the record i've also listened to the matthew crosby episode and i've listened to a, another couple of recent episodes and i think it's a wonderful podcast uh would recommend um uh, so but joel was joel was saying that like he'd done it in a mad frenzy and i think i was yeah. slightly more conscious about it i think i wanted to make sure okay. that various aspects of my music taste were reflected so yeah i it's i think it's it doesn't work as a playlist necessarily. I, I'm sorry you had to listen to it multiple times, 
but it does work <laughs> as a reflection of my music taste if that makes sense this isn't one where you're going to yeah. go like oh this flows into this it, it there's it, there's the music without context does not tell a story i'm here oh, to sure. tell the story if that makes sense um so it's sure. it's, it's quite all over the shop um yeah uh, but there, 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 I would say it's sort of a crime that I didn't include any Beatles, and I think it's a travesty that I didn't include "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys because it's the, the greatest song ever written, probably. So, okay, but spoilers—they're okay. not in the list. Okay, <laughs> all right. But shout out to the Beatles and the Beach Boys. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Grant. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll jump into the list then. So the the <laughs> song one, the song that you're questioning already, is the song that you fell in love with straight away. Uh, so you went for "Feel Good Inc." by Gorillaz. Yeah. So I just I the thing is I just remember the first time I heard it, and I remember being like, "This is different," but like in a way that just sort mm. of worked immediately. It sort of shouldn't right. work. It's like if you haven't listened to it in a while, because I'd imagine most people have are aware of this song it's not like i've picked some sort of obscure track so yeah it's it's sort of two songs that don't necessarily work so there's this sort of quite dark heavy hip-hop verses and then the chorus is sort of you know floaty guitars and damon alban singing as opposed to sort of de la soul rapping it's they're very sort of different styles and apart from the fact that there's like a hip-hop drum beat that sort of goes through the whole thing it, mm-hmm. it, I think if you played those both parts to someone out of context with each other, they wouldn't necessarily go, yeah, of course, that's the chorus of that song. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And and I just I just remember thinking this is so exciting because obviously there was the hype of the first album. So they'd already done Clint Eastwood. They'd already done 19, 2000. The first album had come out. So everyone was aware. And also everyone was aware that it was Damon Albarn, like in, immediately. The, the sort of I, the right. idea of the cartoon band was immediately quashed but i just i just remember this thinking this is absolutely brilliant this is like nothing i've ever heard before and also they were doing stuff i remember the vmas that year the the Euro, no i think it was the emas the european mtv awards they did a yep. performance where they were holograms and they were like genuinely yeah. three-dimensional holograms on the stage and so this is before two-pack ones and I just remember thinking, this is what music, this is the future. Like, this is, <laughs> right, and sure. it wasn't, it turns out it wasn't. It was way too expensive. Like, it was impossible to tour. Like, I think they did the thing twice. But it just felt like, oh, wow, this is something so different and so exciting. Mm. But also so recognisable and a really great song. And, the, you know, the bass line is iconic. I think if, yeah. you, if, if someone picks up a bass guitar, it's not a very long time before they start going, do 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 so yeah i just yeah, sure. it's just i i don't know i don't know it's just that that was the thing that first came to mind as a song that i fell in love with straight away sure okay i yeah i think that's um i think that's quite a common feeling uh when you're of a certain age and you hear something that's like a bit different and i think there's that slightly rebellious side of you that's thinking like i didn't know that that was allowed in music mm. i didn't know you were you could do that um and it, it yeah it, it's very it's very exciting and it, like i think yeah there's a certain i'm gonna say rebellious again there's a certain rebellious nature to it as well um but yeah it it is it is a great song and again one of the nice things about doing this show is that you get to go back to songs that you maybe haven't 
really listened to in a while like i've like heard this and it you know it does the rounds and it's you know kind of ubiquitous but the the song itself is great and actually sitting down and listening to it properly and like paying attention to what's going on it's yeah it's a phenomenal song and um also it's worth sort of mentioning for my personal music so this came out in 2005 i believe which may means right. i would have been about 14 so like sort of the perfect age where it was like you know i'd been consuming music before and we'll talk about music that i consumed before in a bit but i think this was like yeah. where music really suddenly like as a 13 14 15 music means so much yeah. and it it sort of soundtracks your life in a way that it ha- hadn't before mm-hmm. but the demon days album is actually the opposite for me it's an album where i really i struggle i bought it because i loved that track so much mm-hmm. uh, and i remember getting it i think i got it in like a petrol station whilst we were driving to fr- my me and my family were driving through far- france and i had my cd walkman sure. and i put it on so excited and it just it didn't make sense it just didn't make sense none of it made sense to me it just i couldn't understand it and that again sort of going back to that point i was i was 14 i had 10 pounds that was spent on that album i was i was going to listen to it until it made sense and, and there's loads of sort of right. my music taste sort of that that comes from that the fact that i really forced yeah, sure. myself to understand that album and it, i think it is genuinely one of the sort of the best albums of the the last you know 20 years Mm. yeah okay perfect uh song two is a song that took you a while so you went for return of the jedi by ruben so th- this one I, I i saw i can only apologize to people if they're listening to the playlist it's quite an intense song it's very heavy and that, that's why i didn't i didn't get it at first right um so ruben were part of this alternative indie scene in the early noughties with like early Biffy Clyro and like mm. Million Dead and stuff. And it was this really sort of grunge inspired British rock scene that I absolutely adored. And they were the, the sort the even, even in that scene, which, you know, tr- is full of weird kids. They were the weird kids of that scene. Right. Um, and this song is like a seven minute opera, rock opera, effectively about them mm-hmm. falling out of love with the music industry. The lyrics are all about how awful the music industry is. Them completely getting screwed screwed over by the music industry. One of the opening lyrics is like, it's 50 grand to make a music video. And then later mm. they're like, they're talking about, you know, going back to normal office jobs because this just isn't working for them. And I just think it's right. so fascinating. You never, you really rarely get songs, you know, you get angry songs, you get love songs. But a song that's so specifically about a subject like that it's just absolutely fascinating so i really love it and it's also like a song where it starts off very heavy but actually as it goes on it gets much much more melodic and i love a song where yeah it's not just verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus and this absolutely isn't mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, yeah it's it's just completely it, t- it, t- it took me a long time to sort of get into it because i really like rock music but this mm. i'm I, Something as heavy as this, I, I don't generally get into. But sure. I do like, with heavy music, and there's no disrespect to metal, it's incredibly, like, like proficient and, you know, an art form that's in, very impressive. I sometimes find metal music is almost too clean, it's too sharp. And I know that's an odd, odd word to use to describe metal, like, clean. 
but it's so like yeah. quantized and pre- precise. Whereas a song like this is much more, the heaviness is much more messy. And I think that's so much more yeah. emotive, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a brilliant song. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned um, early Biffy Clyro, because that's kind of what, that's what I was thinking of when I was listening to this, because they, they were a band that I was massively into when I was younger. And for whatever reason, I have, I've had very limited, uh, sphere of influence when it comes to my music and you know it sort of started and ended with Biffy, with Biffy Cloud <laughs> in terms of that style of music for whatever reason and I, I didn't really branch off into any bands like this so um it's quite cool going back to something that was you know something I probably would have enjoyed a lot back then but yeah I, I really enjoyed it now um and yeah the 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 lyrics I find fascinating because you you get quite a lot of songs that are sort of like that, but in a, I'm going to do it anyway, we're going to succeed, you know, we're going to prove you all wrong, we're going to make it to the top, that kind of, like, that that uh, very defiant message in their song. Whereas this is basically just like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, just like, which is very, very different and honest like it's and it's it's very easy to connect with then in that sense yeah i think that's 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 the interesting thing it's like it's so transparent uh that's and you 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 often don't hear that in a lot of music so song three is a song from your introduction to music so you went for somewhere by the subways um yeah so this this sort of it's like my introduction to music not not really because that that album came out probably in the early naughty so i was already a sure. teenager at that point it what I, the reason i went for this track is it sort of represented my sort of first real feeling of independence in terms of music if that makes sense like okay yeah not something not something that was handed over to me by like you know my dad playing david bowie or the beatles in the car or led zeppelin or not my yeah. so i had an older I had an older brother um and so we'd we'd you know i'd i'd listen to lots of music via him so um i i was quite lucky like for instance you know i i managed to go to like see system of a down when i was like 14 or something okay um, and so like that was you know that was really great but this i think there was something about indie music specifically that felt like it was my own it was it wasn't something that i was sharing yeah. with my brother it was like okay all my you know parents and stuff so i really got into indie but like not not like the there was a lot of like pretty boy indie which like like the libertines and I, sure. I didn't really like that per se but i really like the slightly weirder stuff so like the future heads and things like that where it was a bit stranger and and the subways aren't really that they're sort of a indie rock band there's there's quite a lot of rock and particularly the track in this playlist if you've listened to it is actually mm-hmm. quite quite a rocky song traditionally speaking yeah uh, but they definitely were sort of like my 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 gateway into listening to more indie music and it was one of those ones where i just went to hmv I'd got Christmas money. It was January and it was like in the front display and I just liked the look of the cover and I just bought it. And maybe I'd heard on the radio like Rock and Roll Queen or something and I thought, oh, let's let's get the mm. album. And I, yeah, and I really got into it. I have to say, and there's no disrespect to the subways because, you know, I was I was really obsessed with the subways. I, I The first year I went to Reading, I went, I was I was allowed to go for one day and I went on the day that the subways were playing only because the subways were playing and they weren't playing particularly high up in the lineup. Um, I remember, I vividly remember I, I stood at the front whilst panic at the disco played who I personally wasn't a fan of at the time. 
uh, and they got bottled with piss because the subways were coming on next and I wanted to be there right at the front for the subways. Um, right. So yeah, no disrespect to them, but I, I don't, I don't think the album's objectively amazing, but it subjectively okay. means a lot to me, if that makes sense, that album, Young for yeah, Eternity. Sure. sure. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's sort of that era. And it's, it also just reminds me of, you know, <laughs> I think the weird thing is like, we now have like quite good record stores and we don't have high street uh, sort of record stores in the way that we used to. There's, there, you know, yeah. I've been, there are some HMVs, but not as ubiquitous as they used to be. Mm. And I think older generations were sort of like, oh, it's so sad. We don't have like independent record stores on every high street. And our generation is like, it's sad we don't have any record stores at all on high streets, let alone like we have nostalgia for HMV, not even just, you know, yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it sort of reminds me of that as well. All right. um, and just sort of, you know, I, I, I listened to it a lot when as a teenager. I remember painting the album cover whilst listening to it. That's how into it I was. I painted oh. a version of that album cover. It's quite a simple album cover. It's just sort of, sort of a red tree on a white background. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I was I was really, really into the subways. And they definitely, I think partly because it just felt like so sort of important to me that I had found this album by myself without being sort of recommended by a friend or a brother or a family member. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big thing. Um, some of what we talked about when we were talking about the gorillas, there's like that slightly rebellious nature that you have when you're trying to find your music at that age. And I think, yeah, I, I think definitely finding music for me anyway finding music that was different to what my dad was trying to get me into was a big thing for me because he was very into bruce springsteen and like you know really trying to get me to to listen to bruce in particular but a lot of other like similar bands um and then i find snow patrol uh Final okay Straw, and that was that was my album for me that was like that that this, this thing that was similar enough to what i'd be listening to with my dad that it was recognizable but different and it was it was mine um and you know in retrospect obviously uh you know would i put final straw toe-to-toe with you know bruce springsteen's greatest works probably not i think you know like like most things in life dad was probably right um (laughs) but um but yeah, like I, I get it. It's like it's that thing that's like it's 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 yours, and, and it it does mean a lot more when it's when it's it it feels special to you, doesn't it? A hundred percent. And I, it, it also sort of resonates with me. My my dad never really pushed music on me. I don't think he was a massive fan. He was he was you know right. he he was into music like casually, but he wasn't like really into music. Mm-hmm. And and I, one thing I'm sort of worried about not worried about but something that that plays on my mind i have a i have a son who's 22 months and it's about like how do i not become that person how do i not put music so clearly in their sort of peripheral vision that they reject it yeah but at the same time i do want to say i have good music taste you should check out some of this (laughs) stuff do you know what i mean like i don't want to be forcing it but i don't want to be it's completely sort of distancing i don't know yeah so that's yeah it's it's yeah and it it's gonna it's gonna depend on your son as well i think my um i've i haven't i've stopped thinking in months so i'm gonna do a quick calculation here uh my son uh 22 months okay so just i have two years okay fine um uh my son's like uh four months older um so yeah very similar age and 
yeah we we were trying to like listen to music in the car and trying to like we we were listening to um proud mary um by tina mm. turner we were listening to that in the car and we were getting him to dance along and stuff so we're, we're trying to get him into music that way but yeah i'm the same there's like i want him to be into music i want him to find his own things but then yeah there are bands and artists that are very important to me that i'm like i don't know how i'm going to position that to him to be like <laughs> here's something that you can find all on your own but it will mean an, an awful lot to me if you like this as much as i do <laughs> no pressure no pressure a hundred percent yeah we'll get there we'll figure it out we'll mess it up in a million different ways but we'll we'll try our best it's the main thing um absolutely right uh song four is a song that makes you happy so you've gone for qv2 by yell this is a marion remix yeah so um Madian is sort of like a he was like a wunderkind of like pop disco sort of production about 10 years ago he right. had this video that went viral called pop culture where he sort of mashed up a bunch of samples from pop music across the years and he is this this song firstly it reminds me of university which was a really happy time for me i was really like my first year of university was like one of the happiest sort of i've ever been and i have enormous nostalgia for that sort of era of my Mm. life um so it reminds me of that and also like um i was listening to a a recent episode of yours i cannot remember the guest name for the life of me which is embarrassing so on that episode they were talking about happiness as a sort of contentment rather than uh necessarily like out and out joy or and i and i totally sympathize with their position in that respect like it's i completely agree with them this isn't that this is like the shiniest poppiest most upbeat (laughs) thing you could physically imagine this is like yeah and i sort of like that about it Uh, there's a part of me i i I do agree with that that sentiment but i also think sometimes if you're gonna go pop just go pop like just go a hundred like sparkles glitter it's just all the major the major notes everything and that's that's sort of what this song is Um, and it's it it couldn't sort of from a sort of melodic perspective probably couldn't physically be happier if you tried yeah yeah it's so fun it's so fun i i really got into another song by yell which was come on enfant mm. um and this is years ago i don't know if you know the song um but i had a, like this iconic music video that i can't get out of my head which had <laughs> uh nathan barnett in it uh, like yes. i don't know if there's a re- do you remember this? Did you see the well, video? Well, so, so interestingly, I think that he, Nathan Barnett did a video dancing to this song, which I th- this this remix that I think probably got Yell's attention, and then she right, put him okay. in a future music video. Yes, excellent. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's um, for that for yeah. those listening, Nathan Barnett is an incredible, bizarre dancer who sort of doesn't yeah. look like he should be doing the moves he does. Um, he's he's a he's a sort of like art like it's almost like art it's like comedy art dancing like it's very weird and very funny and um yeah he sort of had a few viral videos yeah sort of a decade ago now and yeah yeah this was this was one of them and uh the common enfant is another one um also also i'm half french so a little bit of french representation in my playlist uh, doesn't go amiss there's there's actually another french artist as well coming up later excellent okay um but yeah like it's it's yeah it's 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 
so so fun so yeah when come on fun came out like i this is at a point where i was very like i had you were talking about guilty pleasures i actually felt guilty when i listened and listened to and enjoyed pop music um and that was like a guilty pleasure for me and and my excuse for enjoying the song was well the music video was really good but actually i started to just really enjoy that song which is a ridiculous sort of shame to feel about just you know objectively fun music um so then this song sort of brought me back to that as well so it's just yeah pure happy energy and joy and it's just yeah beautiful it's so much fun also like if you shouldn't feel well look obviously the famous thing that everyone says is you shouldn't have guilty pleasures but i would also say it's french it's french pop music which i think makes it slightly cooler than like british pop music <laughs> if, that makes, if that makes sense yeah it's a little yeah it's a little underground yeah sure. <laughs> yeah uh all right song five is a song that makes you sad so you went for space oddity by david bowie yeah i i like as an adult don't necessarily there are some songs like there are a lot of orchestra like instrumental pieces i have like an instrumental playlist um and a lot they some instrumental pieces will make me sad but sort of i'm not necessarily i'm not actually one thing that's sort of worth mentioning is I'm not necessarily a massive lyrics guy. I'm much more of a melody guy. So, okay. Um, generally speaking, um, so so melody and stuff will make me sad. Lyrics, I'm not so sort of fussed about necessarily, which sure. I know is sort of bad. When, but I, I and I do like really good lyrics. But I will I will admit that if a song has really good melody, I'm not as fussed about the lyrics. If that makes sense, I'd rather have the whole yeah. package. But um, anyway, so um, space oddity the reason it makes me sad is there's something about when I was a kid, there's something about space that made me incredibly sad. Like there's something, okay. I think it's maybe the, the, the enormity, the enormity of it, the sort of absence, the sort of vastness, but also the sort of lack of anything there. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so really specifically the moment in this song where he says, can you hear me major Tom? Can you hear me? Can you hear? And then it's sort of the, the, the implication is like they've lost contact with, with him right really makes me sad like as particularly as a kid but there is something about space in general like rocket man by elton john also makes me incredibly sad there's there's something about okay. songs about space that mm. i just find really really sad mm. um so yeah uh, i just remember i vividly like i was i said sort of earlier about my dad sort of playing music in the car at passing i said about my dad playing music mm-hmm. and he would play uh david bowie's greatest hits in the car a lot and this would come up and i just yeah i think it was just one of the first times i really sort of connected with a song in what it was saying as a kid like understanding oh this isn't just a song there's like there's a story being told here and Mm -hmm. i just yeah and so it's not necessarily the saddest song on planet earth i don't think i'd imagine when you got the playlist you didn't immediately go oh yes classic sad (laughs) song but yeah it makes me yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, I know what you mean, though. It's one of those things that I think it it it's a fear that I that you sort of develop at a young age that is completely irrelevant. Like like quicksand. I don't know about you, but like I thought the quicksand was going to be like a big factor in my life. There was it was in every cartoon, and I thought I was so scared of quicksand. Um, and in the same way, I think that I do have that sort of a similar sort of fear of like deep space. But it is the feeling of it that that the the loneliness, the vastness of it, the mm. just yeah, the idea of floating off into space and 
being alone and no one being able to hear you and not being able to do anything about it is terrifying. It's obviously never going to happen, but it's it, it, it's it is it is something that I try not to think about at length for for too long. I think like Gravity. Do you remember the, the film Gravity? Like that was yes. Oh, there there were moments in that that I just thought, oh god, like this is this this is the worst thing. This is the worst possible thing that could happen. A hundred percent. Um, Joel and I on a recent episode of our podcast Dream Factory were discussing alongside Quicksand, um, running with scissors. Oh yeah. Sco- the yep. amount you were told about <laughs> running with scissors versus the amount of people who got hurt, which I guess is good. It, it showed that being told off, a, you know, about it works. But it's effective. Yeah. yeah. It definitely yeah. felt like it was a really. Definitely felt like when you were holding scissors, it was like life or death every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? What? What speed can I walk? <laughs> Just yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, song six is a song to relax to. So yours is "Agape" by Nicholas Bertel. Yeah. So this is um, it's uh, it's either the opening track or one of the first tracks from uh, a soundtrack to a film called "If Bill Street Could Talk." Uh, Nicholas Bertel is right now is probably best known as the person who wrote the Succession theme tune because um, oh, okay. that is a very good piece of music, and obviously yes. Succession is the biggest show on TV right now. Yeah. Um, He's also done stuff for like Star Wars and other stuff. Like he's 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 a really sort of exciting composer. Um, and this yeah, so this is from a film called If Bill Street Could Talk, which is um, the follow up to the film Moonlight, which was this big Oscar winning film. Um, and it's this this love story um, behind sort of with the backdrop of the racist America. But it's the sort of the primary thing is this love story, and the film is the sort of most perfectly distilled between the, the the sort of the way that it's filmed and this sound this music is the most sort of perfect depiction of love that i've ever seen on on film like it the first time i saw it it was like goosebumps i was like i cannot believe someone has managed to sort of communicate that feeling mm. of love so sort of such a distilled version of it right, um right. and and yeah and i just find i just think it's, it's it's such a beautiful piece of music and it's part of this part of this as this instrumental playlist i was talking about earlier yeah. So I'll I'll relax. I relax and also work too, which I think is sort of counterintuitive. But if I want to relax or if I need to work hard, I put on the same uh, instrumental playlist, and this is on there. Right. And it's 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 a most it's quite sparse the arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it's like piano. There's a string section, and then there's like almost sort of chaotic, weirdly sort of chaotic horns in the background at the beginning. Like they're mm-hmm. quite jazzy. They're not necessarily following the melody in the traditional way but they're sort of off to the side a bit so it sort of sounds ethereal almost and yeah. the com- there's just the com- the composition of this track is just beautiful in my in my personal opinion and um it yeah it, i immediately sort of relax when i hear it yeah yeah i got that there's there's a there's a certain natural quality to it because i think some of those sounds like i got i i had images of like birds mm. like fluttering their wings and stuff like as i was like there were certain patterns um that just put those sort of images in my mind and it was like it's very very chilled um so yeah like it's i i get what you mean about like the i think i i go sort of the opposite direction when i need to work hard but i i, I do get what you mean about those 
sort of being two sides of the same coin because I, th- I think a lot of people have chosen relaxing songs that is kind of a way of shutting off one part of your brain mm. so like if you need to work then shutting off this part of your brain can be very effective for doing that and it would be the same thing if you just need to focus on nothing or you know uh just yeah just be alone with your thoughts kind of thing uh, and for the record there are definitely i have two sort of mindsets and two playlists for mm. when i'm working and one is instrumental actually the next song is also a thing i would do when i need to relax or work so i'll get to that in a second um sure. but also i have a playlist that is like songs like the ruben song from earlier where it is like incredibly heavy and that is like yeah almost like wall of sound like block everything off sort of music when yes. i need to work so you know different different routes but they all sort of all sort of work in the long run yeah definitely um yeah and we're we are going to come on to it shortly as well but another song on your playlist is um my go-to song for exactly that um all right song seven is a song from your preteen years so yours is princess zelda by koji konda yeah so i mean this is a bit of a cheat because i'd imagine this version of this song definitely didn't come out when i was a preteen this is a recent version of it but it's it's yeah. it's the song sort of generally um and also i i only realized after i submitted this that preteen is specifically nine to twelve years old apparently and i just thought of it as before you're a teenager i kind of thought like I, i'm kind of going for early teen for the most okay part. so yeah well so i think this is pro- i'm probably a bit too young like i'm a bit this is from a bit younger to be totally honest with you. sure so that's fine the 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 sort of the the, I, the the answer to the question is the like the Zelda sort of soundtrack generally. Right. So this is the song Princess Zelda, um, from I mean versions of this sort of come up in a lot of the Zelda games. But the first my first experience of it would have been from the N sixty four game Ocarina of Time. Um, it just sort of hits me like immediate nostalgia. It's, it's I when you, when we were when, when we were children there was like. It was like you're either a PlayStation kid or a Nintendo kid, sure. and I I was a Nintendo kid, so Zelda is like a really sort of big part of my childhood, and the soundtrack of it in general. So it it just really sort of hits me with with nostalgia. Mm. And the thing that I was saying is sometimes when I want to relax, I will listen to uh, I'll go on YouTube and search Zelda Rain, and it is just a combination of rain sound and music from Zelda games, and it really sort of just relaxes me mm. um so so yeah that's what that, that's what the, yeah that's what i do i just that that nostalgia for sort of being a kid you know going to the corner shop getting space invaders and a panda pop and playing a, a, a three-dimensional zelda game on your own 64 thinking video game graphics are never going to get better than this life is never <laughs> going to get better than this you know um yeah. that's what it makes me feel like yeah there's a there's a there's a tweet in the rounds that today i saw i'm not very active on twitter so it may have been going for a while but it was uh it was an invitation for for quote retweets and the question was um uh what was the game that you played where you thought graphics simply cannot get better than this so yeah I, i'm guessing that's that's your shout for that i think honestly for me it was like fifa 2001 I was looking at the players' faces and going, like, God, it looks just like them. And my mom was going, it looks just like a real game of football. And I was, yeah, not not quite. Um, 
I think, and it's not been released yet, and I haven't got around to editing it, but I'm sure that this will be the second time that someone has picked, has talked about, you know, uh, extended versions of Princess Zelda or uh, Zelda uh, game music as a relaxation tool. Oh wow! There we go. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, those videos of Zelda Rain that I look on YouTube have a lot of views, so I'm definitely not alone in that. In yeah, that, yeah, in that yeah, yeah, yeah. Pursuit. Um, well, I mean, the next song is also a song that someone else has picked, and I only discovered it after I sent this list, and I can only apologise. Honestly, it's fine. Um, we'll we'll get on to it. So, uh, song eight is a cover, and you're you've gone for Bulls on Parade by Denzel Curry. Um, yeah. So, I. I sort of think if we're not not of all time, but I think in the last few years, this is sort of objectively the correct answer to the to the best cover. It's just it is such a good cover. Yeah. Um, the band are doing a decent. It's part of like it's for Triple J, so it's like an American music. Uh, no, sorry, Australian music. Uh, yes. Radio station. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like the equivalent of um the live lounge you have in yeah. the UK. Um, but yeah, so Denzel Curry's a really great rapper anyway I, I really liked um his albums uh zoo which he released in 2019 and unlocked which was like a mixtape that he did in 2020 with uh, kenny beats and so I, I, immediately i was like this is going to be good but it just the vocal his vocals are so incredible on this it's just yeah it's 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 sort of like oh this man was was born to perform this song yeah it the ray like you know apologies for using the wrong word rage when describing a rage against machine cover but the 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 rage the sort of the tonality this the, the interesting thing about um denzel curry is he makes really catchy so th- this is obviously a cover so he doesn't necessarily do it here but in his own music he's he 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 sort of he has an incredible sort of sense of tonality and cadence which for my ignorance, I sort of don't necessarily associate with rap music, and I emphasize mm. for my igno- my ignorance, and I'm definitely wrong. But um, he plays with his voice a lot, so he'll go from sort of l- like sort of quiet rapping to proper shouting in the middle of sentences, and go up and down, and sort of use his voice in a way. Whereas a lot of the time with rap, I've always just thought, oh, it's sort of like a drum kit it's like riv- rhythmical so you've got clever lyrics and you've got clever rhythms but i've never mm. thought of it as sort of like a a melody thing and he really does the way that he uses his voice and he has such a good voice when he shouts it is like an incredible sort of like sandpaper sort of voice mm-hmm. um and so yeah i just i just think he's brilliant and there's I, there's something i find really heartwarming about this happened recently um t-pain did a cover of um uh, war pigs by Oh my goodness! Uh, the Ozzy Osbourne's metal band, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really great. It's completely different, but it's really great. And there's something I really love about a cover, going on a cover on YouTube and looking at the comments, and it's a bunch of people being like, "I'm a really big metal fan," and when I saw this, I thought it was going to be awful, but it's mm. absolutely bloody brilliant. And I, there's something about looking at these people going, "I shouldn't like this, but I absolutely love it." That really warms my heart. And this, this is absolutely one of those. It's, you know, obviously, Rage Against the Machine were a rap band, a rap rock band, anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's still sort of a sense of like, oh, who's this sort of kid trying to do Zach Della Rocha's vocals? And he mm. just, and he just absolutely just nails it. It's, it's so good. Yeah, 
Yeah, so so this song was picked like episode two, I want to say, um, and yeah, I I I don't think it's been beaten as a cover. Like uh, for for this category, it's it's been one of my favorite songs that I've found from doing this show. Like full stop, uh, and I, yeah, I listen to it all the time now. Um, don't know. I just feel like I could do anything when I'm listening to it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and. Uh, and yeah, like the, the 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 talent on show is incredible. It I think it's 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 a slightly different take on the cover in the sense that I don't think the like the the guitar and and the 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 vocal on the on the chorus you wouldn't say is like a million miles away from Rage Against the Machine, but no. but in terms of what he typically does and then what he brings to it in like the the rap and then just the the just the, the performance of it and, and the way the back and forth it's god it's just so good it's so good it's, I, I don't have anything else to say but I just I love this song it's so good what I really like as well is um, all of the comments on it are like Denzel Curry needs to do a, a, a heavy record a rock record Denzel Curry needs to do and right. he's like my next record is going to be an R&B album <laughs> and I, I respect that in a way like just sort of zag zag Denzel zag <laughs> yeah never let them know your next move um, 100% <laughs> yeah so the other side of the coin in terms of um, the other side of the T-Pain coin is Lil Pump uh, Meta oh, no. Metal song it is so I I feel like I've tried to open my mind a lot through doing this show because I had a very like limited worldview in terms of what was good music. Like I had my taste in music and that was it. And I've had to be very, very open minded and I've used this phrase before, but you know that that, that expression that if you open your mind too much then maybe your brain will fall out. <laughs> and there are certain songs I listen to and I think I think like, oh this is this is great and then I think about it for a second and I'm like, no, why am I enjoying this? This is a song that I thought from the second I heard it. This is one of the worst songs I've ever listened to. It is oh, wow. abhorrent. I like. I'm pretty sure one of his one of his lyrics is like, is like eat my brain or something. Like it's it's literally like, it's a song. It's a it's a song made by someone who fundamentally doesn't understand what metal music is. Has heard like two or three songs. Has like no sphere of influence for it, and has just decided, yeah, I could do that. And it is one of the worst things I've ever heard. So I'm not sure if this is a recommendation, but <laughs> it's it's worth listening to just like ten seconds of it just to get an idea. I, like, I, um, I I try not to like um ju- you know judge a book by its cover and music, yeah. and I try not to sort of like prejudge. But I do struggle with any artist that has Lil at the beginning of it. It just seems yeah. like a red flag, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, but yeah, yeah, which it's really interesting as well because actually, like with SoundCloud rappers and stuff, and some of those rappers who do use uh, Lil at the beginning, they are they grew up in an era where the biggest sort of music in the world was Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco, and now they're sort of coming of age, and so they they're sort of doing rap with an emo aesthetic, but they understand they understand emo, so it's not like you're describing here where it's someone who has listened to like two metal songs and gone, oh yeah, yeah. 
Ozzy Osbourne bit ahead off the bat. So that's that's what metal music <laughs> is. Yeah, sure. they there's sort of like a, a genuine reverence to it, and I, I I find that really fascinating. That music that like I sort of don't see as that old as being sort of used as a retro reference point in in modern oh, hip hop. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I yeah, I saw an album not that long ago that was like that's what I call dad rock, and it was <laughs> like Franz Ferdinand, Take Me Out, and uh, Buck Rogers, and like, yeah, yeah, loads of songs. I was like, oh no, that was. Some for, that, I, I think some forty one like was on there. Yeah. yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah, Christ. yeah. Scary, scary times. All right. Um, song nine is a song you would sing at karaoke. So you've gone for Wild Wild West by Will Smith. This is quite an annoying answer because basically, when I was nine, I had the CD single of Wild Wild West, right? Uh, and I was in I was in France for the whole summer. My grandparents are French, so we would stay with them. And I had that, and what it just had two tracks. And the first track was Wild Wild West. The second track was Wild Wild West Instrumental. And okay. I listened to that for the whole summer. And as a result, I still to this day know all of the words to Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Sure. So the reason it's annoying is because essentially what happens is if I get to a karaoke place and I've had too much to drink, I think, oh, here's a fun, cool thing I can do. Right. And I'm I'm effectively being an, a bit of a show off, like you know, oh yeah. look at me, I know all the words to a Will Smith song. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's against the sort of joy of karaoke, and that and that's also something that also bothers me is even if you're a really good singer, you shouldn't mm. sing well at karaoke. That's not that's <laughs> not what we're, no one's here to see anyone sing well. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying my rendition of Wild Wild West is is the equivalent to someone singing well, but yeah. It's sort of in that vein of I'm doing something slightly competent here. Um, right. So my my real answer should have been something silly, sillier, but um, yeah, that that was the first thing that came to mind. And it's sort of a, a part of myself that I don't really like <laughs> is the fact that I think when I've had a couple of drinks, I think, do you know, this? Will, here's something that will entertain everyone. Me right. rapping for two and a half minutes. <laughs> I mean, it it tends to go down well, I think, rap songs at karaoke. I don't know what that says about the audience, but it's, white men uh, doing doing hip hop at karaoke tends to do well. Yes, and I think when I'm a, if I'm in a group where most people don't know that I can do this, it's yeah. a fun thing to surprise them with. Sure. And I do remember the first time I did it. I did it at a work Christmas party when I was re- when I'd only been there for a couple of months. Right. And when I said the song, the people were like, "No, don't do that." Like they thought, because they they were like, "Why have you picked that?" And then I did it, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we get why you did it." And it it, it was sort of like a me icebreaker for the company to be like, "Oh, okay, right. he's he's an idiot. We, you know, <laughs> we can get on board with this guy." So you know, it's sure. it's good in some ways. But, yeah. You know, I think really stuff you should be singing at karaoke is like "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi or something, something where everyone can join in on the choruses. Really, yeah, but it gets boring. You need yeah. you need you need something here to mix it up. I think that's. I think that's fine. Are you are you also doing all the sort of like the improvised bits at the end, like the like Will in this song is a big fan of a fake laugh. You got that? Ha ha uh, ha ha! Ha 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 ha! All of them. Yeah, yeah. I know where all okay. the woos and all the ha ha's are. The uh, big Will Drew Hill. All of that. My favorite thing about this song is there's in music uh for those who don't know songs have a structure that's often 
verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, chorus, end. And Will right. decides on this song to denote that we're in the breakdown. He just shouts the word breakdown over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we know where we are. We know where yeah. we are, Will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, this, is, yeah. This, is, this is the opposite of um, Denzel Curry. It, uh, yeah, you know, zag when people expect you to zig. This is Will <laughs> just like zigging, but people tell you to zig. Keep um, on zigging. And I, and I also, I do think Will Smith gets a lot of shit. I mean, he gets a lot of shit after what happened in the Oscars last year, but he also got a lot of shit as a rapper. But mm. to write really catchy raps consistently for so long isn't yeah. easy. Yeah, um, And they're, they're, you know, his so- his songs are genuinely good raps whether yeah. you know the li- whether the lyrical content is particularly sort of insightful or you know <laughs> anything yeah. like that is a different question but they are yeah. really catchy pop versions of rap yeah it's not easy it doesn't it doesn't hurt when this song is built on like an objectively great stevie wonder song Oh, I thought you were going to say an objectively great movie, Wild Wild West, and I was thinking, <laughs> no. I'm not sure you've seen Wild Wild West. <laughs> I'm not sure I said objectively there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, I Wish is an iconic Stevie Wonder song, and it's, it's like, I, I it's one of my favourites, and this, I mean, I, I was going to build on it, it's basically just layered over the top, um, including the uh, the chorus is the same vocal melody. Yeah, and that's it's not the first, it's not the only time he does it. I think for one of the Men in Black ones, it's over another like classic um, tune, and it is very the the melody is the same. It's just he does some raps about aliens. I'm I'm fairly confident, mm. um, but I I couldn't say exactly what or who now, so I don't want to start guessing and get it wrong. But fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah, so the the second side being the instrumental version of the song, actually, basically, it's it's, it's a lovely Stevie Wonder instrumental, actually, rather than sort yeah, of anything much, yeah. Will Smith has done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, when I was listening to this, it was the album version, so it was um, it was it was it was nice to hear uh, Jaden Smith on a song that I didn't hate. <laughs> it was good. Um, right, song ten is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So your song is Ark by everything everything yeah this song is basically an interlude it's not really a song in in any sure. sort of traditional sense i think it's a minute and a half long and there's yeah. no real structure to it it sort of comes out it sort of fades in and fades back out and there's a there's like maybe a one verse's worth of lyrics it's sort of orchestrated um i i sort of picked it as a placeholder for the whole of that record if that makes sense okay sure. so the the record is called arc as well um, and I do really like the song, and I do think, it, like in the context of the album, it's really, really great. Um, basically, so this reminds me of when I lived in Bordeaux in France for a year um, when I was a student, and it's a really interesting. Well, well, I, I, at least I think it's an interesting example of. I have real nostalgia for my time living in France, but I didn't have a good time when I was there, and it's. Sure. And so when I listened to the music, music I was listening to, so there was a few albums. So there was this one, there was The Villagers' second record. There was James Blake's second record. And I listened to them, like, a lot. And so now when I listen to them, I have nostalgia from the time I lived um, in Bordeaux. Mm. But I didn't have a good time when I was there. But I, but right. somehow your brain sort of remembers the good bits. And so yeah. I do have, like, it, it's, a ni- it's a warm, positive feeling 
which is weird because I don't think the time was necessarily great. And that was that was not Bordeaux's fault for the record. Bordeaux as a city would recommend. Um, sure. It was, you know, that, that, that it's all on me. Um, and so, yeah, and I, um, I just think Everything Everything are a really, really solid band. I know that uh, if you've listened to the episode with my co-host Joel, he also agrees. And I think I've seen I've seen Everything Everything with Joel a couple of times. We're, we're both really big fans and they are sort of one of those bands that I really look forward to a new record coming out from them. And right. they they never sort of let me down. They are they are one of those bands that is like a consistent every every album is like a consistent sort of at least four stars out of five, if that makes sense. Sure. Um and I know, I appreciate the vocals aren't f- to everyone's taste, but I I really like falsetto vocals and uh Jonathan Higgs, the singer of Everything Everything, is is sort of one of the most unique sounding vocalists out there. So yeah, I'm a big mm. fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um do you mind me asking why Bordeaux wasn't a particularly good time? I was just in a I was just in a relationship that wasn't necessarily working out for either of us and right. it was long distance because um my partner was still in the uk and right. um i was out there and so it was just it was just really it just that didn't work very well at all and so mm. i sort of a lot of uh, more than i should have I, I i managed to get out a bit but i locked myself away more than i should have and right. so like that i've not necessarily regrets because i'm not going to sort of walk around regretting chunks of my life but if i was to regret stuff i would say i, I should have done more whilst i lived in france and sure. um, so yeah that's that that's that is just no one yeah, to makes, blame makes sense makes sense i i've 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 similar things with um and it's actually france as well but i i i spent about two months trying to get work on uh cypriots in, oh wow in the, in the south of france so i was in antibes um i yeah sort of sort of went to Nice and a few other places around there. Um, I did Italy. I can't remember the name of the place now, but it's just just on the on the on the border. Um, but yeah, so like I would say, I would say generally that was not a good time um, because mm. I spent a lot of money, um, and then a lot of money that I didn't have. I a lot of the people in that industry are not nice people, so it's. Uh, yeah, it's not a particularly I can imagine. pleasant pleasant environment. Yeah. Uh so I spent a lot of time just like walking around, feeling sorry for myself, feeling a bit lonely, feeling like like I've made a mistake. Um so the thing for me with with the music that I listened to then is kind of I think there's some of what you said is the, the the there's this nostalgia quality where I do remember the positives and I remember like how nice the environment was when I was out walking and like it was you know beaches in the south of France so like you could you can not bad yeah in terms of <laughs> places to go and feel grim you know you could you could do worse um but there's the the main thing for me now is the is that that sort of comfort element is like I felt very comforted by those songs in that time and now there's almost like a gratitude for that music because I feel like it got me through it and then there's the added element of basically feeling happy about where I'm at now because the things that I missed then was like my family and my friends, you know, important people in my life, uh, my home, basically. And those are all things that I have now. So like I'm back in that sort of safer environment. 
so I sort of feel comforted by where I'm at now compared to where I was. I don't, I don't know if that like no no hundred percent that that completely makes sense and that's I think that you're right that's there's almost like I'm listening I, the nostalgia a lot of the nostalgia is the warmth that those songs gave me right. when yeah when I was feeling rubbish and down in the dumps yeah and also yeah and a sort of yeah you're right and there's also an appreciation for my life now yeah it makes you sort of appreciate things more mm. you know yeah so yeah. so definitely yeah okay song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person so your song is lilo by the japanese house um yeah so this is this reminds me of uh my partner um and when we started seeing each other which wasn't wasn't a very long time ago in the grand scheme of things um we had i, I basically had three songs three songs three albums on constant rotation so it was this one which is good at falling by the japanese house i had igor by tyler the creator and i had an album called outer peace by toromoa and they're all relatively new records at the time and i was sort of falling in love and falling in love with these albums at the same time the the irony being that um this album and igor are both breakup records um rather than <laughs> okay but they sort of remind me of the beginning of a relationship in my personal yeah. life and also yeah. for the record breakup records are the best records um just obje- objectively i'm sorry that artists have to go through the sadness but the music is always excellent when they've had a breakup so yes taylor swift fans if the if the rumors are true you're going to get a great record so i look forward to that um yeah yeah and it was a really beautiful summer and we went to like festivals and and i've been in a very long relationship before then and um i relatively quickly got into this relationship but it was still like it was just exciting to be in something new feeling a bit more independent i was living um as by my not by myself i was living sort of in a flat share but i was in a room by myself i was much more independent i i'd lived in london for a few years but i'd always lived with my partner so yeah it was just exciting and i was in a new part of london sort of dis- discovering it and yeah and just sort of falling in love and um so this this song is is sort of reflects that but i mean any any of those any songs from those three albums um mm. which i would recommend they're all brilliant albums um yeah rem- reminds me of her so um yeah just it the, the, it's it's yeah it's a really good album the the, the japanese house um yeah so it's a it's a breakup record and it's a breakup record between her and her partner who was um who is marika hackman who is also a famous musician so in the sort of right. indie space it was it was quite sort of juicy gossip effectively as albums sure. but um yeah yeah they're, they're really they're really good albums and it, yeah it reminds me of my partner but um and and a, and a really nice nice summer that I had before we we uh decided to have a child and now um we have no summers <laughs> that's a lie i have a lovely life i love my son very much yeah i know what you mean um it. does um do, was this something that you shared with your partner at the time would she have listened to these songs as well oh 100 percent. i basically yeah. would i'd play them all the time those three albums i'd play them all the time when we were together right um and actually this is this is a thing like we're talking about um reminding you of a place and reminding you of a person yeah and i really love music's ability to sort of give you nostalgia and i saw yeah. and um, if i like an album i get quite obsessed and will listen to it a lot 
and part of and part of doing that is i think me subconsciously trying to retrofit nostalgia knowing that if i listen to this album loads right now when i listen to it in two years time it will make me remember right now and and i try and soundtrack parts of my life with specific albums almost to intentionally do that and yeah and i i I don't think it's as conscious as i'm making it sound now but there's definitely an element of that so these songs and albums reminded me of places is is like one of my sort of one of the one of the best feelings like i think you know, there's like taste and smell nostalgia and sort of sight nostalgia. But for me, music is like the most sort of powerful nostalgia you can have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like that's that's probably my my favorite answer to this question is, is when it's like when it's romantic. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm really I'm a really, really big fan of that. Like my my wife and I have loads of songs that like that we connect with like different stages of our relationship um in fact when we got married our party favor which we didn't really explain to anyone and no one was really interested in but um (laughs) we put together like a mixtape and it was like for us that was like a soundtrack of our um relationship up to that point like like you know song from like the first time we went away together and songs from like uh like the early stages and moving in together and stuff like that um so yeah it's 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 a really really beautiful thing to have and and i i think i do similar things but i i definitely try to think about what songs connect me to certain stages in life and certain events and 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 people um so yeah it's 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 a beautiful thing to have like and a song like this as well which is just a like a beautiful beautiful song to Mm. go back to is like something to put you back in that mindset of the early stages the exciting step of the the relationship because you know once once you have a kid like it's it's different it's not I, I'm, I'm i'm trying to do what you uh, which i do as well which is to not say that my child has ruined my life but <laughs> but no I, I i i love everything about my life now but it's it's just different it's like there's yeah. a there's an excitement in falling in love and and there's something oh, really, really special about that and then having something to go back to to put you back in that mindset is really i think it's really important as well i used to be so romantic shane and now <laughs> i'm i'm so i'm the most romantic thing i do is make sure all the chores are done in the house um that is good which like, we're, like, yeah, well, that is yeah <laughs> but yes um yeah no it makes it yeah 100 percent. there's there's I don't think there's a, a sort of any better feeling than sort of falling in love, to be totally honest with you. Sure. And um, so, yeah, music that reminds me of that time will always be very dear to me. Yeah, definitely. All right. Song 12 is the song that motivates you. So you went for a long distance call but Phoenix. Yeah, so Phoenix are another French band. Um, okay. They sort of came up at the same time as Daft Punk in the in Versailles area, so near Paris of France. Um, and their latest stuff is more synthy and reflects that sort of Daft Punk association. But their earlier stuff, which this is from, is more traditional indie. Right. Um, for those who don't, who might not know Phoenix, but particularly at this period of time, I remember when they were like being covered in like Enemy and stuff, and they were, the the sort of lazy but understandable comparison was was people like it's the French Strokes, and so there's a bit of that in there. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just I, I really like when yeah like so when it's sunny 
and I put my headphones on and I, I'm walking somewhere. Phoenix are generally one of my first port of calls. Um, right. They sort of just, they're, it's indie rock, but it's upbeat, it's sunny, it's shiny. And yeah, and they, they sort of just make me feel like, oh yeah, I can sort of do it. So like, if yeah, if I'm walking, like when I go to work, I will listen to a podcast on the train to entertain me. And then as soon as the train gets to London, from my walk from the train station to the office, I will put on music because right. I want to sort of get into a mindset ready to sort of be upbeat. And yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix is definitely one of the main sort of artists that I would do to do that. Right. I really like something about foreign. So people singing in English when it's their second language there's mm-hmm. something I find quite really pleasing to, right. to, to me. So there's like, you know, there's there's like Swedish and Norwegian, no, 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 Norwegian, <laughs> uh, Norwegian pop stars or yeah, French artists and stuff. And there's something about that sort of international sounding, you know, version of English that I find really really great in pop music. Mm. Um, and actually, I remember when I lived in Bordeaux for that year, I was at a house of someone's and um. It turned out he was like, he was in a band that were quite big in the like eighties in in France and Spain, mm-hmm. and so we listened to some of their music, and it was great. And it was all in English, and that was when my question, my first question to him was like, why do you, why do you do, why do you make music in English? Like it's not a criticism, but I just find it interesting. And his response, which I found really really interesting, and you know, there's loads of great like. Um, Yell that we had earlier or Stromae and stuff. There's loads of French pop stars who sing in French and have done really well. Mm-hmm. But there's loads who do sing in English. And he said uh, to him that it's like opera is in Italian and pop music to him is in English. And I, th- I thought that was really, really interesting. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that's the correct answer, but it's a really interesting sort of way to see it because we're just yeah, so definitely. used to pop music being in English because we speak English. So mm. to hear it from someone else saying, no, we consciously feel that english is the language of pop music was really really interesting mm. um, so yeah phoenix long long distance love long distance call really great song excellent i like that that's a, like it's a much more romantic answer than i was expecting i was expecting it to be like you know well to be commercially viable you need to be singing in english because that's where the that's what the market is but um, maybe that's what he was thinking <laughs> and he just said <laughs> he said the, the cooler romantic answer it does make sense though like it does it does mm. make like if like the 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 biggest pop artist in the world would be english speaking so if that's what your influence is then that's that's what you're going to be hearing i know what you mean though about you know people singing in english as their as their second language i think a lot of it is the there's a a certain uh i don't mean this to sound cynical but the, there's a certain disregard for the language which i think benefits the music mm. like like Max Martin is a great example, a Swedish producer who who basically talks about like the lyrics, the songs that he's produced do not matter. That like they are, they're they're there to serve the melody, and that's that's the only thing. Like like uh, Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Yeah, is a really good example because those like the verse and chorus of those uh, of that song are completely different messages, completely different song. If you actually dig down into what that song means, it means nothing. Yeah. But it just works, and you sing along to it because the melody works. So I, d- I definitely think there's something to that as well, because it just it just makes it, yeah, it's it's designed to be 
sing-alongable. Yeah, I'm fairly confident, didn't they? Didn't they try and redo the lyrics to I Want It That Way to make it make sense? And Max Martin was like, yeah, but it doesn't sound as good. So, Oh, is that right? With these. I, I'm fairly confident that's... Perhaps that's a an old wives' tale, but yeah. But, well, let's, but not, I, let's not let the truth get in the way of good anecdotes. Let's, <laughs> let's say that's the case. But no, 100%. And I, that sort of maybe that brings me back to the, the point I made earlier that I, I sort of am more interested in melody than I am in lyrics and something about mm. um, Phoenix. You know, they're singing in English. I think the sort of... The, the songs feel like they make sense as much as any English pop song, but... Yeah, you know, maybe they, maybe when they're writing it, they are thinking more about the melody than they are thinking about the sort of consistency of lyrics. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of like a lot of great artists do that. I mean, like Bowie's another good example of someone who you know, like, I- iconically will chop up lyrics, throw them on the on the floor, and you know, piece new things together. It doesn't necessarily make a huge amount of sense, but it works. Um. There are definitely like, there are definitely songs that I listened, I've listened to, where I've thought you've really sort of wedged in an extra syllable where it didn't need to be there because you were happy with the lyric, and yeah. I think the song has suffered as a result. I, I yeah, completely sure. agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, song thirteen, completely the flip side here. Song thirteen is a song someone introduced you to, so you've gone for "Lover, You Should Have Come Over" by Jeff Buckley. I mean, this song, if you, yeah, if you, you know, in in the dictionary next to the word melancholy, they should mm. just place place this song. It's, it's yeah. sort of the perfect distillation of, of melancholy. It's, it's mm. such a beautiful song. Um, I remember at school, my, my best friend James, um, who had older, who had two older sisters. And I think at school, if you have older siblings, and I had one older sibling. I think if you have older siblings, your music taste is is automatically elevated because you're sort of yeah. grabbing stuff from them as well as sort of what's going on around you. Right. So he just automatically had a better call of music taste uh, and better mu- a TV taste. I remember he introduced us to Spaced when none of us had a, a clue what, you know, who Simon yeah. Pegg or Nick Frost or any of that was going on, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and he, he, he kept banging the drum for this album, Grace by Jeff Buckley. And I looked at the cover of it, and I don't know if you've seen the cover of that album, but it is, so it's Jeff Buckley, mm-hmm. but he's sort of, he's wearing like a sort of sparkly, um, like cardigan almost, and he's looking down and it's it's sort of shot like he's on stage and he's holding almost like an Elvis mic. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in my head, I was thinking, it looks like, this looks like some sort of 70s, 70s music or something, maybe even 60s, like it. What right. it doesn't it doesn't tell you the album that you're getting, and so I think sure. I I sort of rejected it off the base of that, and then like a year or so later, I was speaking to my aunt, and I was, and it it just came up, and um, and she was like, oh no, you need to listen to that album, it's it's amazing, mm. um, and so then I did give it a go, give it a try, and so like like I say, it's it's not like a seventies sort of crooner record as the the cover might suggest. It is a it's an incredibly sort of soulful um sort of soulful record that was released at the same time as grunge so it's got like that sort of grungy sound a bit but at the same time it's more sort of owes a lot more to sort of old rock and roll and r&b like in the the traditional sense of r&b not the sort of 
modern sense of R&B and soul music than it necessarily does to grunge, but there's definitely a bit of a grunge aesthetic in the sort of the background. But this song is just such, such a beautiful song. Mm. Um, it is one where I do sort of pay attention to the lyrics more than I necessarily will with other songs. And like yeah. I say, it, there's no other way to describe it than melancholy. It's not one to be listening to if you want to want to be cheered up, but it's one if you want to sort sort of sit with a, a spirit in a dark yeah, corner sure. of a room somewhere and just sort of <laughs> swig. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's that style of songwriting that basically gives you no choice in terms of paying attention to the lyrics because it's pure poetry and it's like the, it's obviously the main focus of the, of the song is the, yeah, the message there. It is beautiful and heartbreaking there's something very like there's been a few songs that i've had on the on the show recently that have sort of fallen into this category but there's something like that sort of lament and Mm. the vulnerability of it as well is just it just makes it so you just latch on to it um it's yeah it's so good i think the first couple times i listened to it i was like I, i thought it sounded like the sort of uh like the uh lament of a fuck boy um <laughs> you know like like John Mayer in his later years yeah. and what have I done um but uh but yeah like the the more you get into it the more like the more depth there is to it it's just yeah it's an incredible song it's so beautiful he also sort of um has the you know he released one album and then he whilst um recording the second album he he drowned so there's like there is only one album so you right. can be a completionist of jeff buckley by listening to 12 tracks and there is something well obviously i don't wish the passing on anyone at all like I, obviously it's a, a tragedy and I, I wish that he was still here making music but there is something also that is a bit mystical about the album as a result because it is the yeah. only piece of work that this artist ever created and yeah. it is so perfect as a result. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like caveat, do not want, uh, I would rather he wasn't dead, but it does sort of add an air of mystery to his, his sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, th- I think those, yeah, there's a two separate points. I don't think, think you necessarily need to clarify that by saying there's something mystical about it, <laughs> that you're not at the same time saying, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Okay, good. But we've made that clear. That's, that's fine. Um, all right. Song 14 is a song you wouldn't expect to like. So you've gone for Countdown by Beyonce. I love Beyonce. I just, I, hands up. I think Beyonce is unbelievable. She's an incredible musician. Yeah. Brilliant artist. She obviously has an enormous team around her writing her songs. Um, but she is involved in the songwriting. They always kill it. There's lots of pop artists right now that I would say are very good sort of have great presence have great vocals but they don't necessarily have the best songwriters around them right and that is not an issue for beyonce um this this is off her album four but i went to see her when she did i went to see her at wembley stadium when she performed lemonade uh oh, which was which was sort of her iconic you know arguably probably her most iconic album and it was genuinely like a religious experience. Like it was, 
Yeah. The it was you know I grew up, I've I I'm trying to think if I've ever, ever seen another pop star. I might have seen another pop musician at some point in my life, but I grew up listening to like rock music, going to indie gigs, um, and so to see see that it was just a different level of production, like it was mm. just unbelievable and she is just the most incredible performer and this song is really weird as well actually it's not like it's not like a you know crazy in love is 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 an obvious pop song like you listen yes. to crazy in love you're like understood there's a banger number one hit countdown is actually quite an odd song like it's it's not got the the sort of the production which is produced to within an inch of its life but the production is odd the vocals are strange the structure is weird it's still yeah. a Beyonce pop song. I'm not. I, I'm not c- claiming that this is like a an experimental Radiohead track here. But it, if you sort of break down the the, the pieces, there are some weird things going on. But I still think yeah. it's it's an absolute banger. And um, she when she when I, when I saw her live, I was desperate for her to do it, and she did it. So I was very very happy. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I my journey with Beyonce. I I used to be the guy that would say, um. I really like Beyonce's voice, but I don't necessarily like her music. And I think all that was is basically someone who didn't really like pop music and didn't really listen to Beyonce. Just like, like probably, if if I was really honest with myself, just liked Beyonce, but just didn't want to be, <laughs> you know, uh, it would be, when I was at school, it would be like, very lame, basically, to, to, to like Beyonce for a, a teenage boy. For whatever reason, but anyway, um, the 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 way I got into Beyonce was through two things. One was, uh, the song with Jack White on Lemonade. Uh, yes. Don't hurt yourself. Amazing. Um, which, yeah, I think it's I think it's incredible. Um, and this album, which was actually left in a car that I bought secondhand. And I got obsessed with the album and obsessed with this song in particular. This this oh, okay. this this song actually was was probably the song that got me into uh, Beyonce in, in a big way because I just thought it was so interesting and she's just phenomenal. And I I I got I got into Lemonade too late. I only got into Lemonade when it was released on Spotify, which I think was maybe up to two years after God, it, was, it was released. I it forgot about that era. There was a, yeah. there was an era um, where the only place you could listen to. So I think it was on Beats, right? It was Tidal, it was, I think. Tidal, of course, because it's Jay Z. Thank you. Yeah. So you could only listen to it on Tidal, or yeah. Annie Mac on Radio One had played the album in full, so you could go back on Radio One's schedule right, okay. and listen to it as she played it out on the radio. But that right. was the, yeah for a long time. That was the only two places you could listen to. Yeah. This album by Beyonce, which is obviously, yeah. and I look, and you know, we've sort of discussed the pros and cons of Spotify and the ubiquity of it. So I respect the attempt to sort of break up the market a bit, yeah. but at the same time, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. God, I forgot about that period where you you couldn't really get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think I probably would have, uh, like in retrospect, would have sold a kidney to go and see her perform. Uh, tour of that album because it's um like obviously now i've seen the netflix special and like i i love that album i love that that song in particular um that's gotta be that's gotta be up there for like one of the 
think that that would probably be one of the best shows I've ever been to. So I, I, I regret that massively. No, we're not we're, um, we're not supposed to have regrets, but um, but yeah. Uh, and uh, on this, and it's not really a breakup record, but it sort of is as well. Like it's mm. it's a nearly breakup record, and yeah. so it, it, yeah. I'm gonna put that as further evidence to my theory that breakup breakup records are the best. Yeah, it's like it's a heartbreak record. There's like there's there's so much that it that that's what I really loved about Don't Hurt Yourself is just like the 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 pure anger in the yes. delivery of that song is incredible. It's so visceral, and the song is so good. And God, yeah, just yeah, everything about it is great. Um, but yes, I also love Countdown, which is a song and, you brought up. So, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, on on Don't Hurt Yourself as well. Up until that point. Up until Lemonade, Beyonce was a very sort of measured product. So even in when she, even you know things will be a bit tongue in cheek. Yes, things will be fun and serious and sad, but it's very sort of controlled. Whereas yeah, like on Lemonade, and particularly on that song, yeah, it's not. You, you're suddenly going, oh, I'm. This music is really real in a way that sort of songs that she had done before weren't. Which are not to disrespect those songs. I put Countdown on this list. I think it's amazing. But yeah. that is like the most, the closest you were thinking, oh, this feels like a song from a person talking about their life in a real, really, really real way that Beyonce Definitely. almost was like a superhero up until that point, if that makes yeah. sense. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, last song, song 15, is a song you think everyone should listen to. So you have gone for, I think it's Akogari <laughs> by Mitsume. Did you find out how to pronounce it? I guessed. I said it quickly and confidently, as any straight white man should. I have no idea how to pronounce the name of this song. So, um, so yes. Um, so well, yeah, you can Mits- leave that with me. I've, I've said that. <laughs> so Mitsumiro, um, they are a Japanese band. Uh, yeah. And again, so they, they do sing in Japanese. So these, this isn't um, a, an example of sort of singing in English as, as your second language. Mm. But it's, um the I took this question I didn't want to pick a song a song that everyone should listen to sort of suggested to me it should be a song that people haven't heard if that makes sense so okay. I've sort of and also my my main logic behind this final song was I want to my main my, my, my I I'm trying a lot in sort of recent weeks and months and years to sort of make sure that everything I put out into the world publicly is positive and so i right. wanted people to sort of if it's something that i'm saying here this is for you go out you know you should listen to this i wanted it to be something that would make everyone feel good and i think it's a really really sort of happy indie japanese song um mm. i i stumbled across this this band and this album um a few years back and i just think it's it's just a really sweet the whole album's really sweet really lovely mm-hmm. um i couldn't tell you what any of the lyrics are oh, i haven't i haven't sort of gone and translated them or anything like that um, yeah. I have no idea what's going on. I just think it's a really nice, feel-good song, and so hopefully, if you listen to the playlist, you go off on a on a nice sort of positive high. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 a beautiful song. I did look up the lyrics. Oh, um, amazing! Yeah, because I was I was curious. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll just I'll I'll read the first line. Um, so the first line is, Ah, truly, truly. And I read that, and it was kind of like, you know, uh, 
Jason Bateman in Arrested Development when he opens the bag that says Dead Dove, do not eat. He's like, well, I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> That's how I felt reading that. Um, <laughs> apart from that, I don't really know what the song means. Um, it's, the, it's I, I, I don't think it fully translates. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, um, but yeah, I get. But yeah, I sometimes if I'm working, I like to listen to instrumental music. Um, but I also like to listen to music in other languages because then the words of the songs aren't confusing in my head with the email i'm trying to write or whatever yeah sure. so this is yeah. like a perfect example of sort of i'll put it on it's also just really nice sort of summary pop indie music sort of pop it on a you know during a barbecue or something it could definitely mm-hmm. make a nice make a nice soundtrack so yeah there's not there's not a huge amount to say on this one i don't know a hell of a lot about the band that mm. it's they're not big enough to have ever come to the uk i tried to get this album as a vinyl it's impossible so it's just yeah, there's there's not a huge sort of backstory in this one. I'm afraid I've, right. I've sort of, in terms of in terms of conversation, I've 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 left on a <laughs> on a on a low. But hopefully the music will make up for it. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. I yeah, I I think it's I think it's a great song, and it's um yeah, musically it's a great note to end on because it it is it's a very yeah, it's a very sweet, uplifting sort of twinkly indie song. Um. Which is yeah, it's it's like a it's a like a perfect sort of spring summertime vibe. Barbecue, I think, is the good, is a good one. I think that's that's a good category of music to have. Is like barbecue season. Um, it's a very important. We, m- me and my friends, have a very important barbecue playlist that, that I have inf- enforced strict rules upon because we have we have a tyrant in the group who would just fill it with with nonsense. So I said right. one song per artist. That's that's my rule on on the good. playlist. Good. Um, okay. And yeah, no, it's a really big point of contention. I think a barbecue playlist is probably one of the most important playlists you can make. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, absolutely. All right, perfect. Well, on that very important note, John, um, that's that's us. So thank you very much. Do you have anything that you want to uh, plug or promote while I have you? Yeah, I mean, if if you've enjoyed listening to me talk and you've listened to the episode with Joel uh, Grove, definitely check out our podcast, Dream Factory. It's a very silly short podcast um where listeners send in movie ideas generally based on puns and we have a lot of fun just sort of discussing what those movies might be um yeah so enjoy thank you so much thank you so much for having me shane no thank you appreciate it and that is it for episode 57 of mixtape and entity thank you so much for listening please do go and check out dream factory it's an excellent podcast it's an awful lot of fun uh as john mentioned very silly nice short episodes as well well worth your time uh, and if you're here because of dream factory then please do go and check out episode 33 of my state identity with joel grove it's an awful lot of fun as well if you do like this show and you want to support it there's a couple of different ways you can do that we do have a coffee link set up which is in the description of the podcast you can throw a couple quid for an episode that you've enjoyed no more the obligation there um but yeah any and all support there is appreciated if you're not in a position to do that then please just support us in all the other ways and leave us a review rate the podcast uh rate it share engage with the content on instagram all that good stuff main thing i'd say is just tell your friends get more people listening the more people who listen the bigger the show gets the bigger and better guests we can get the better it is for everyone so all the support is very much appreciated i will be back next week for episode 58 so in the meantime look after yourselves i'm gonna speak to them